Hello, my name is Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Thank you so much for joining us for the Myers Detox podcast. Today we have Dr. Mindy Pels on the show talking about generational toxicity or how mothers pass down their toxic body burden of heavy metals and chemicals onto their children and what this means for you, what this means for your children. We're also going to be talking about how to detox your children and some pros and cons in that. And we'll also be talking about why menopausal symptoms, you know, hot flashes and other symptoms, osteoporosis, other health issues are really due to heavy metal toxicity and really have a very, very interesting conversation with Dr. Mindy Pels and how she works with her clients and to detox them and how that helps to dramatically improve their health. Very, very interesting conversation today. We also talk about the keto diet and why that may not work well for some women and how to, you know, cycle the keto diet based on where you are in your menstrual cycle tips on doing the keto diet if you're in menopause and why a high fat diet doesn't work for some women and a lot of tips on the keto diet. Really, really interesting show today. Into this podcast and wondering, hey, am, am I toxic? Do I have a toxic load of heavy metals or mercury or lead? Go to metalsquiz.com and take my quiz. I developed this very simple quiz to help you discern if you have a low, medium, or high level of toxic metals in your body and give you some solutions on what to do based on your quiz results. So I developed this over you know a few months. I was working on this and we developed a very, very clever strategy for figuring out what your toxic metal load may be. So just go to metalsquiz.com and learn more. Now on to the show. Our guest today, Dr. Mendy Pels, DC, she's a doctor of chiropractic, is crazy passionate about helping families stay healthy. For the past 20 years, she has been in the health trenches with busy, overscheduled families. She's built one of the largest holistic health centers in Silicon Valley, with her focus being on giving families simple, science-based, natural, and effective health tools that have all members of the family thriving. Her best-selling book, The Reset Factor, was released in 2015 and gave people all over the world access to clear step-by-step path to creating a healthy, vibrant, energy-filled life free from disease and suffering. The launch of her book ignited a Resetter Tribe, an online Facebook group of like-minded people all supporting each other, exchanging health ideas, and sharing each other on to better health. Raising two active teens of her own, Dr. Mindy is deeply concerned about the toxic world our own children are growing up in. Dr. Mindy believes that healthy adults start with healthy children and parents need better solutions for keeping their kids healthy. You can learn more about her at drmindypels.com. Mindy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into heavy metal detoxification. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's kind of a long story and it really, um, is there's a personal path and there's a professional path. So, um, you know, I've been in practice for 22 years. I'm a corrective chiropractor who started seeing more and more people being affected by a toxic burden. Um, so I really dove into nutrition and, and wanted to help people on a nutritional level. I dove into detoxing and wanting to help people on a detox level And I ended up merging nutrition, detox, and chiropractic all together and was getting great results. 
And then I had my own personal journey with heavy metals that really launched me deep, deep, deep down the path um, of understanding heavy metals and how they how they affect us and how they can take a really healthy body and like derail you so quickly um, when you start to identify that these metals are building in your body. So um, at my, my story goes like this. At 40, I was like in the best shape of my life. I zoomed into 40. I was fit. I was eating well. I felt fantastic. And about the two to three years that followed 40, I started waking up at night, uh, massive, massive hot flashes, like so bad that I have to get up, get my husband up, change the bed. It was just, it was really, really bad um, hot flashes. Uh, I started experiencing some depression and anxiety. And I, you know, I just, I was blown away because I'm like, my, my lifestyle is so healthy. How, what is going on for me? And um, that's where I really discovered Dr. Pompa's work, your work, and, and really started to dive into heavy metals and, and seeing that there could be something that had been brewing inside of my body, it, things like lead that gets stored in your bones that start to come out 20, you know, years and years and years later as your hormones change. Um, and so to make a long story short, I started detox, I, I, I uh, tested my metals. Uh, my lead was through the roof. My mercury was pretty high. Um, and I ended up detoxing metals and wow, game changer, as you know, yes. uh, you know, I'm 49 now and here I am six years later, healthier mentally. My hot flashes went away. My insomnia went away, all that totally gone, um, just from heavy metal detoxing. So, um, my, my journey has really got me fascinated by how this is impacting people. Yeah, it's really amazing the stories you hear and the, you know, the clients that I've worked with, how so many of their symptoms will just totally disappear. Amazing. And they'll have a better emotional well-being, better energy, better brain clarity, so many different things when they remove these metals interfering in their brain function and other metabolic processes in their body. Yep. Yeah, and that's what we see too. I mean, it's it, you can take a variety of symptoms and you you get to that root cause and pull those metals out. And it's like, I, the most common thing I hear is people go, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm my brain back. I'm like starting to think the way I used to think years ago. Or people who have had like insomnia since they were little, just like totally sleeping through the night. So of all the tools I've ever used, this has been the most powerful um, in really transforming people's health. And let's talk about a really interesting topic, which is generational toxicity. And so, so how do you, what is this exactly? And, and now how do you see it show up in the patients in your practice? Yeah. So I love talking about generational toxicity because I think it helps people understand where their toxic load is today. And then what I'm, what I really hope is it helps people turn around and understand what their children may be going through and what, what, how their children or their behavior and their anxiety may be affected. So, um, for me, when I discovered my lead, I was the, of course, the most common question is like, where did you get it? Like, how did I, how did I get this? So I immediately looked in my surrounding environment and, you know, there were, you know, things like soils, you know, I was like, okay, well, I buy from the farmer's market or the local organic guy. I guess maybe it's in his, in soils. I live in an old house. Maybe it's there. But it just felt like there was something deeper. And ironically, around the same time, my sister, my older sister, started having thyroid problems. 
And so we tested her, her uh, heavy metal load and found that her heavy metal load was twice mine. So my, mine was already high. Hers was twice the level that mine was at. Um, and as I started to do more research, I realized that these metals, and we know it from studies like the Agouti Mouse study, and we know it from Michael Skinner up at um, Washington is doing some studies on DDT and how, how it changes the genetic expression. It gets passed down through the generations. And I started to realize like, oh my gosh, some of these metals are generational. They have been passed down started with my mom, passed down my sister and I, and, you know, I look at my own children and go, oh my gosh, how, what levels did I pass down to them? Um, my, my 18 year old daughter, we did test her and her lead was also very high. So I, I think that the interesting piece of this concept that I would love for people to understand is that, um, your, when you do a heavy metal test and you look at where your levels are at, you can have so much, especially as a woman, you can have so much insight to turn around and see what may be going on with your children as well. What, you know, that we are, we are, our children are being born with a toxic load and unfortunately we're passing it down to them. So how do we start to catch women before they get pregnant? How do we start not looking at things like thyroid and weight loss resistance and Alzheimer's, those could be a generational toxin that continues to be passed down. Yeah, and it's really interesting because conceivably as a firstborn child, that child could have more toxins passed on to it than the next child in line, the third child and the fourth child, because as the mother continues to have children, she's going to have less and less toxins to, to pass. That's right. That's right. And I think that, um, well, for starters, I think that concept alone is mind bending for people that we don't, I mean, maybe you're interacting with people who think about this, but I find when women come into my clinic, they, they haven't thought that they were toxic before they started carrying a baby and that maybe they had passed that down to their child. And it, this is not a mommy guilt moment. It's, it's more of a aha, that what she's dealing with through her perimenopause, menopause symptoms may be the same thing her teenager is dealing with through anxiety. It may be the same toxic connection. Yes. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, I, I think if, if I had one message I want to get out to people, it's that we have to start to incorporate detoxing in our everyday life. We do not live in, we don't have that luxury anymore to just think that detoxing is for the motivated few. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's definitely not a mommy guilt moment. I think that's a really, really good point. It's not about, oh, you know, it's, it's your fault. Your child is, is ill or, or might have a diagnosis or something. It's just a, an awareness that any metals that you have that you got from your mother and she got from her mother um, can also continue to be passed on because I've heard that lead, uh, it can take four generations for that to completely exit the, the transgenerational uh, rebirth, so to speak, yeah. of passing that down. And and also we know Dr. Lindsay Berkson has written a great book about this, about hormones and, and toxic metals and uh, showing how there's so many metals and chemicals in the placenta and yeah. in the, the blood supply between the mother and the child. And so there are lots and lots of research and evidence to support this. 
Yeah. You've seen uh, 10 Americans, the video 10 Americans by the Environmental Working Group. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. That is, if, if your listeners haven't seen that, they need to go watch that because it, you know, it shows exactly what that babies are being born with cancer-promoting chemicals that before they even get out into this toxic environment, they are like born with these, with these toxins. And then, you know, if we're not aware of that, we start toxifying them more. And, uh, you know, eventually we get kids with big problems. Like one of the, one of the issues that just kills me right now is teen anxiety and how many teenagers are struggling with anxiety. Um, and we just don't see that toxic connection. And it really, the awareness needs to heighten on that. Yeah. And then they get put on medications, which make the, the toxicity worse and the, the, doesn't help the underlying root cause. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure you've talked about this, the, um, you know, the blood brain barrier doesn't fully form until a child is seven. So you in the womb, the, and, and what will happen is those lead, mercury, all those toxins, I mean, beyond just the heavy metals, will come out and go into the baby's brain. And then you, that first seven years is crucial. It's crucial, like, what exposure we're giving our children. And, you know, those are the years you're just trying to raise kids and you're not, you're trying to get a good night's sleep and you're not really, like, thinking about all those different toxins that are going in into your child. But I, you know, if we could take every parent before they got pregnant and educate them on how to really protect those first seven years, um, it, we would change the course of, of health right now dramatically. Yeah. And so for anyone listening to this, you know, might start thinking about detoxing your child or helping them to detox. Uh, we certainly have lots of families on the Myers Detox Protocol that are helping uh, grandma, mom, and the children to detox. So there's awareness around this. So is it safe to detox heavy metals from kids? And at what age can you start detoxing them in your opinion? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question and a really, really common one. Um, so I think you can start right away, personally. I think uh, you should, with kids, go low and slow. I don't think that uh, you just start throwing a major detox at them. I think you should just be, it's better, I always tell my parents, that it's better that we slowly detox them, you notice nothing for a year or two down the road, um, than to put them into a major detox reaction. Um, so I think you can start at any, way, at any age. I think you should go low and slow. Um, I'm a big fan. I know you had Warren on and, uh, Dr. Shane Morris talking about detox pathways. I really am such a big fan of making sure that you open up the detox pathways so that the body's able to detox the chemicals. I I, I know you're a fan of binders. You got to make sure you're, you're, you're adding in the binders as well. Um, so it's, I, I think with care and thoughtfulness, you can detox kids at, at any age. Um, unfortunately, because there's a lack of awareness, what we're seeing in our clinic is that we get the kids by the time there's some kind of symptom. So like we get a lot of kids with like reading comprehension issues, or um, we'll get kids who um, can't sit still in class that have severe ADD. Um, we've got a child right now who was adopted and um, had uh, a mom who was addicted to meth. And so we're working on, on detoxing his brain. So there are like, by the, by the time they're at that point, you just, again, thoughtfulness, that's the, that's my biggest 
word of advice is be thorough and thoughtful. Um, and it's better to go slow than to uh, try to rush it. And I, I'm, I'm sure you're noticing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, I think children are born at a disadvantage today with the number of chemicals that we have. And they've got mom's mercury fillings and they've got grandma's lead and mom's lead um, getting passed down to them. And that's why we have so many children on medications today. And then we have the vaccines that they're just getting pumped yeah. full of tons of aluminum in yep. those vaccines. Mercury is not the problem now. It's aluminum. And so the kids are really having a lot of, I think, behavioral and learning disorders as a result of that. Mm -hmm. And when we're working with children, I mean, definitely you, you need to take a binder like that. My Citra Cleanse binder is really, really safe and gentle for anyone at any age, babies, uh, you know, breastfeeding mothers, anyone. It's perfectly safe. Um, but we also use a, a Nest Health bioenergetic protocol which helps get the body functioning and detoxing better. And it's super, super simple for children to do because a lot of times the, the supplements that kids need to take for a heavy duty detox, some of them just may not take it. They just, yeah. they just won't do it. So that's where, what do you do with those kids that won't yeah. take supplements? You know, that's where we are. We do our nest bioenergetic program with those children and infants. Yeah. Yeah. And liquids help any kind of liquids will make it, make it easier for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, it, you know, if I was a parent that had ADD, a child with ADD or Asperger's or, or um, autism or any of those behavioral disorders, I think that, uh, of course, you've got to look at lifestyle and diet, but I would, you know, really look deep into detox and especially the heavy metal detox because I think that's so important. Um, I, I can, again, back on my own journey, um, I had reading comprehension issues as a child and now I look back on that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was, that was my lead. Like that was lead. And I did, you know, we didn't have a word for it back then. We didn't know that, but I, I don't have, I, you know, it was after I had gone through a lot of detoxing, I don't have any reading comprehension problems now. And I think it's so fascinating that those things are being missed and being medicated. They're being misdiagnosed and it, something as simple as detoxing the metals can have a profound effect on these kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my own daughter had an autism diagnosis at one point um, because I think she just got such a high level of aluminum in the vaccines that I was erroneously giving to her that she developed uh, speech delays, a development of speech delays, and then we had to put her into a, a special school to develop her language. It's very traumatic, very expensive, very, you know, just very, very stressful. Um, yep. But fortunately, because of early intervention, uh, detoxing her aluminum and uh, early speech therapy and intervention, she's perfectly normal today. And I'm very, very thankful. Um, but for, for some parents, they start that, that get that awareness too late or, you know, very, very late on in the child's development. And uh, that's one of the reasons I do what I do and you do as well to get that message out. You want to start testing your children, thinking about detoxing them and yourself and your family uh, to prevent any kind of, it's the minute, you know, they, they start showing some sort of signs or some sort of doubt, there's some sort of behavioral or learning issue going on. It's not, you know, you don't want to be thinking about it's the, the child's issue. There's, there's something going on. Perhaps a toxicity is an underlying root cause. Yeah. I think that's such an important point because whenever there's something going on with like behavior or attitude or the brain, we tend to like think outside of the body. I don't know why we do that. Like, oh, my kid's not paying attention in class. 
you know, maybe he's got, uh, you know, it's the poor teaching or he's too young to sit there. Like we don't ever look at maybe something's impeding the brain from functioning normally. So I, what I always train my patients to understand is that your body's miraculous. Your brain is incredible. Like we have self-healing capabilities like nobody's business, but we live in the most toxic time in human history. And all of these toxins are starting to change this internal intelligence that we have. So instead of always looking outside, how about we look inside? How about we go, what is pulling the body away from being so self-repairing, so intelligent? So, and I think the brain disorders are the biggest ones for that. So what is the best time to detox generational toxins? Aha, this is a great question. Uh, absolutely before you have before you have kids. This is, this is the message that I would like to scream from the rooftops. Um, you, you should be detoxing before you have kids. You should, and especially women, um, we, are, we have some research studies that are showing that, um, yeah, there can be epigenetic changes in, in the sperm that can be affected by men, but hands down, the women have more of an impact on that load that they're gonna pass down. So, um, I personally, my, if I could reach more women before they get to pregnancy, that is absolutely the time as absolutely the time we have a couple scenarios right now of patients who heard that and have detoxed and now they're having kids. And I'll tell you, those kids come out and I have like this, like, yeah, okay. We, st we, step one was we got them detoxed. Now step two is let's educate them on not retoxing. So. Yeah, pre-pregnancy planning is so, so important. And it's it's one of those things I wish I had known about detox before I got pregnant with my child. I would have saved myself a lot of stress and financial issues and other things that came along with that. Uh, you know, I think it was a, a false autism diagnosis. It was just mm. more metal toxicity. I think that's just kind of a garbage can term, autism. Yep. Uh, yep. For many people, there's going to be toxins that are lying that when they're detoxed their function comes back. Um, so a lot of different underlying root causes for that, that, that diagnosis. Um, yeah. But there's so many things that, that women can do to dramatically reduce their toxic load. And I need to be putting more, more educational materials on my website about that and the, that call to action to be thinking about detox while you're planning to get pregnant. And yeah. it's so important. Yeah, if you think about the the enormity of that, right? If we could take, if we could really educate the mom before she got pregnant, and we could stop the handing down of the toxins, we could we could change generations of health. So you know, I always tease my daughter. I'm like, okay, it's time to do another brain detox, and and I always think in the back of my head, like. I'm not necessarily toxic, you know, trying to detox you now. I'm trying to make sure my grandchildren don't come out with these metals in them. But I, but I think that's the, the level at which we need to start thinking about this. Um, because, yes, it's great to, when you, most people come to heavy metal detoxing when they have a problem. And they come to it when they've got, like in my clinic, I see a ton of women with hormonal issues. So they come to it then and they wake up to it then. But if we want to change healthcare, if we want to change the direction health is going in, how about we go to the to the mom before she toxifies the baby? 
Yes, yes. And so let's talk about that, about hormonal changes and menopause and perimenopause and low hormones, low libido, and all the symptoms of low hormone production. Um, Could metals be at the root of that? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, the So the thing to remember about the brain is that there are three areas that don't have a blood-brain barrier. So they're not protected. The hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the pineal gland. These are all freely open to uh, metals that we're exposed to uh, in the air, in our soils, in our house, I mean, environmentally everywhere. Um, so these areas are the master control of hormone. They control sleep. Um, so what we see in this is exactly what happened for me, but what I see in my clinic is it's when those hormones start to, to do the, the dip and then they go up and they're doing that fluctuation, um, usually in the forties, although it's happening at earlier ages now, that's when these metals come out of tissues and they go into the bloodstream up into the hypothalamus, pituitary and pineal gland. And this is where we start to see that hormonal shift dramatically happen. And, you know, you've got the OB trying to balance those hormones out with more medication. And I think it would be so advantageous for women in those years to that would be the second time I would say 40s and 50s is really the time to start to roll up your sleeves and do some massive heavy metal detoxing. Um, cause they're coming out, they're going to come out. Lead lives in the, at the half life. And I'm again, sure you know this, that the half life of lead is 20 to 30 years. That's a half life of how half of it will break down. So all of a sudden it starts to come out of your bones. You know, this is years in the making of a massive hormonal problem. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. And when women hit menopause, they have the faster bone cell turnover and that yep. lead starts coming out of the bones. So it's causing fatigue and cataracts and all kinds of other symptoms that you just think, oh, I'm just getting old. I'm just getting yep. older. Yep. And no, no, it's not that. There's lots of tribal women that are, you know, very active and perky, disease-free, great hormones, no disease. And they're in their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. So it's yep. not that you're getting older. Yeah. And, and uh, osteoporosis. So um, lead will bind to calcium. So there's so many things we can look at aging wise, osteoporosis. And then we say, oh, you know, we got to put you on Fosamax. And it's like, no, let's go figure out why the osteoporosis happened. Um, you know, thyroid problems that all somebody gets on levothyroxine or, or Synthroid forever. Like this, these are these are not medications that doctors say, oh, you should go on once. You're on those things forever. And you can almost take all of them and create a, see a heavy metal piece woven in there. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting. I just spoke on a documentary about this, about your hormones and the sex hormones and stress hormones, you know, like estrogen and testosterone, progesterone and uh, cortisol and adrenaline and how uh, many metals like mercury, lead, arsenic, aluminum, tin, thallium, they actually poison hydrolases which are enzymes needed to produce the hormones at every step of the way, every different conversion point. And that's, that's the exact mechanism whereby metals interfere in hormone production. They poison those enzymes so the, the, the hormones can't be, get produced and you have low levels of them. Like for me, when I was 37, I was diagnosed with the hormone levels of a menopausal woman. Yep. And believe me, I was thrilled to hear that. <laughs> 
and to go on hormone replacement therapy. And I thought, that's not happening. I'm 37. I'm not, that's for older women, right? Um, but I, I decided to go on Dr. Google and discover, you know, why are my hormones not being produced at the levels they're supposed to be produced at at 37 years old? And, and I, I learned about heavy metal toxicity very early on in my health journey. I feel very fortunate for that. But for mm-hmm. a lot of women, they just, you know, get on the hormone replacement therapy and just it's a Band-Aid doesn't yep. really address the underlying root cause. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to come, you know, I, I think the, the most important thing to understand about this generational toxicity is that it's if, if you don't correct it at some point along this line, it's going to show up as something else down the road. So if you are going through perimenopause and menopause and you're not looking at heavy metals as a potential source for it, then all of a sudden now in your, in your 60s and you get diagnosed with osteoporosis. And if you don't look at it then, then all of a sudden now you're getting diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. It's, it's that common thread that we have to like take a, a moment and go, okay, why do these things keep happening? They're not happening independently. They're happening because of these toxins that are just going to different areas and affecting different areas. Yeah, that's such a good point because these toxic metals, if you, I have a blog post on my site, how the toxic, uh, toxic metals sources and symptoms guide. And we talk about all the different metals and where you get them and this and the the uh, symptoms and diseases that each metal are shown in the research to cause and it's the list is a mile long i mean it's just every imaginable symptom and disease can be caused by a toxic metal yeah yeah i am uh doing a uh, um talk on brain health for my community this saturday and i'm putting together all the things that damage the brain And, you know, there's a moment where I just like put my head down and I go, oh my gosh, like this isn't, this isn't pretty. There are so many environmental problems, so much, so many toxins around us that we just really, again, we have to acknowledge it and then we have to move into action. And, and the more we try to treat these things with synthetic chemicals, the bigger, like we're just building ourselves a bigger and bigger healthcare hole. And it's time for people to, and this is why I love what you're doing, is just time for people to wake up and be given some tools that they can slowly start to pull themselves out of that. Yes. And it's one of those things where when you're taking medications, many of those are very toxic to the liver and creating even more of a burden that the liver has to detox on top of the, the body burden of toxins that we already have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of women who have like hormone or uh, weight loss resistance. Yes. And so and then Let's they come talk to- about that. <laughs> <laughs> we do oh, tell I- we want to hear about that. Okay, well, I-, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but the liver being primarily the organ or one of the organs that people don't look to look at. Um, so I've seen people who come to the ketogenic diet because they want to lose weight, um, and they maybe lose a little bit and then they get stuck. Then I see people go, okay, now I got a detox because I know receptor sites are blocked, uh, from heavy metals. They wake up to that and then they start detoxing, but they still don't lose weight. And what I realize in those situations now is that it always comes down to that, that liver is just so overworked. It's so congested. Uh, the, the bile duct that the gallbladder and the liver share is just got sludge in it. 
their intestinal tract is off, um, and that it, that really you got to open up that all up and heal that so that those other two pieces can help. Um, but weight loss resistance isn't as simple as just lowering your carbs. It's not, um, and it and I, and you know I don't know what you're seeing in your work, but it's, sometimes it's not as simple as just detoxing heavy metals. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of women that. Like even myself at the time, I was having trouble losing weight after I had a baby and I tried the keto diet and I tried, uh, you know, Atkins and trying, you just try all these different diets, hoping that they're going to work. And, and I noticed, wow, I just don't lose weight as easy as I used to when I was younger. And then I started doing the detoxing and, uh, liver cleanses, coffee enemas. Those really helped a lot because they mechanically detox your liver. And the thing with the liver is it metabolizes excess estrogen. And yes. if you have too much estrogen that, you know, women have more fat on them because they have higher estrogen than men. And so yep. if you have higher estrogen levels and lots of xenoestrogens, fake estrogens from perfumes and, and other uh, beauty products we're slathering on our skin every day, um, we're going to have higher estrogen levels and then harder time uh, losing fat. Um, so it's, just, it's a complex issue. It's not, like you said, just about lowering carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. I, I, I also think it's not an impossible task. So if you want to lose weight, you just have to realize that you may be able to make some diet changes and lose a little bit. You may be able to detox and lose a little bit or lose or lose a lot more. Um, but you may have to get this multi-therapeutic approach. You might just have to start going after many things. Um, and I think that we've been really fooled in with weight loss to think that you can do one diet, one path, and then everything's going to come fall its back into order. And that, uh, that doesn't always happen. It does sometimes, but not always. So ladies, if you're listening and you're having trouble losing weight, uh, like uh, I've experienced and many people have experienced, um, you know, our bodies uh, hold toxins in fat. And that's a receptacle, it's a storage area for toxins. And your body is not going to let that go if you don't have the nutrients and minerals and other, uh, you know, natural chelators, synthetic chelators, detox agents to get those toxins out of your body and out of your fat using Mm -hmm. infrared saunas to try to sweat them out. The body is not going to be very resistant to letting that fat go because it's using that uh, to store toxins. And so... Uh, like you said, using a multi, you know, faceted, holistic detox approach is a good way to kind of get past that plateau of that resistant weight loss when you've tried everything. Um, and it's just isn't nothing's like really move the needle for you, you have to add that detox component and actually doing ni- niacin flushing infrared saunas is amazing. Uh, there's a amazing uh, detox protocol for infrared saunas. I'm going to be talking more about. I just did a podcast about this hmm. uh, with Dr. with uh, Brett Bauer, and we talked about you know how taking high dose niacin actually causes the fat cells to burst, and then all the toxins in them to then be excreted through the skin through sweat uh, using the sauna. It's a three week protocol. You release a ton of toxins and you can lose weight doing that as well. And that's a good way to break through that that weight loss plateau doing that kind of very specific sauna protocol. It's very specific. You can go on Smart Detox Facebook group. He's got the whole protocol laid out, but you have to follow it exactly for it yeah. to work. Um, that's another thing. But it's just, you know, these are just thoughts about 
how toxins prevent weight loss and cause resistant, you know, weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about the body and where take, look at your health from the body's perspective, if, if you, if your toxic load is building, 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 would it make more sense to store the toxins in organs or would it make more sense to store them in fat? So it's, it's almost like this, this genius way that the body keeps itself alive. So if you're in that weight loss resistant place, then you've got to look at things like I love infrared saunas. You got to look at op- opening the lymph system, opening the liver, letting the body detoxify better so it can finally let go of that weight. So that's brilliant. I'm going to go check that out. I have, we do, um, we do a lot of uh, coffee and recommend a lot of coffee enemas. Really, I, we've seen incredible results with that. Um, and I do a bile push, which is taking some bind with some fat and like, getting, uh, getting, uh, using your binders to push through the bile duct that works really well. Um, so I love this. This is, as you were talking, I was thinking of some patients. I'm like, I'm gonna go check that out. (laughs) I got got some people I'm going to pass that on to. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, coffee enemas are indispensable. I just could not live without them. Uh, you know, doing, I do two or three a week and they're just, uh, so key to help facilitate liver function and liver detox. That can be the bottleneck for a lot of people genetically and toxic overload wise, um, mm-hmm. because they just, uh, their livers are so overloaded today. We've got to do coffee enemas to really facilitate detoxification uh, throughout the body. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, this is a really interesting point is some of the dangers of the keto diet for mm-hmm. women um, who are maybe, because the keto diet is very, very popular right now. Um, yep. A lot of people are trying it. It's a very high fat diet. What are some of the problems that w- women may encounter with that diet and some pros and cons of a keto diet for women? Yeah. So really, really interesting topic. Um, I, uh, I think the pros of, of the keto diet are what everybody is seeing. So when you take carbohydrates out of the equation, you start to put good fats in, you really um, create brain clarity and energy like nobody's business. And I think most people would tell you that that's, that's their experience with a traditional keto. Um, I, uh, what I'm seeing with the women that I'm working with is that if they stay too focused on keto for too long, it's really tanking their hormones. And it's just like everything else. We, we live in this society where we get so excited about one thing that we're like become zealots for that. We're like, oh, I'm going to do that all the time. And what I'm getting is a lot of women that have, have been doing keto for so many years and now they're anxious, they're depressed, they're more weight loss resistant than they were before um, because they didn't add in variation. So if you look, and this is the, the premenopausal woman, if you look at a woman's menstrual cycle at about day 14 when she ovulates is when your body starts to make estrogen, more estrogen and more progesterone, progesterone being the biggie here. Um, you need insulin, you need glucose, you need foods like beans and quinoa and potatoes and fruit. Healthy carbs, healthy carbs. Yeah, healthy carbs that you would never see somebody on the keto diet um, eating. You have to have these nutrients in order to make these hormones so that your body can make, again, progesterone being a biggie. 
Um, and what I'm finding is that when people have been fasting or low carb for too long, what's happened is now their hormones are tanked and they need to add in some, some feast days. So I do I, with my women in my office, what I do is day one through 14. And again, this is the pre-menopause woman. Um, you can go keto then great, go keto one through 14. But the minute you start to ovulate, now you need to go good carbs. You need to get, you need to go up like a hundred, uh, even up to 200 net gram, uh, net grams of carbs a day, which would scare the living daylights out of a <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Moore. I'd be like, ah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, it, but it's, it's the women, women need to do it different. They, we need to do it different or we're going to end up with another problem and even though you may, your brain may be functioning well, your energy is good, you may have dropped some weight, your hormones are going to tank until you really add those good carbs back in. That's such a great point. I just love this, having conversations with experts like yourself, because there just is not a one size fits all diet. And you have to do what works for you. You have to listen to your body. Do you feel good doing this? Uh, it, there just isn't a one size fits all approach. And even Dr. Marcola, who's a friend of mine, he, he's writing, a, he wrote a book on keto. And he talked about how you'd be on keto for a, a you know, short window, maybe one to two months or maybe three months, and then eat carbs twice a week to, uh, you don't want to stay on keto forever because he said it's really, really bad for you. You know, yep. you need, but I like this tip specifically for women to help make hormones. I think that's a wonderful tip. Yeah. If, if you think about it, why have we never eaten for our menstrual cycle, depending upon where we are? Like nobody's ever like sat down with women and said, hey, you know what? In the first half of your cycle, you need less carbs. In the second half of your cycle, you need more carbs. It, it, and we're, our hormones are doing this. They're going up and down all month long, yet our food is staying the same. So when we can actually look to nature, which is producing so many great foods, um, to help boost our, our hormones, it's, it, it's a game changer. I've seen people... So I have something I, do, I call a ketobiotic reset, and I basically map out from day one to day 29 how people can eat according to where they are on their cycle. And I watch women like get their cycle all of a sudden normalizes because they're finally feeding the foods at the right time um, for their body, and the body goes, thank you, and it starts to normalize. Yes. And so what about for women in menopause? What are some tips regarding keto for them? Yeah. Yeah. This is the most common question I get the, the postmenopausal women who don't have a cycle anymore. Um, so again, you have to remember that your, um, hormones are pretty low. So we want to make sure, especially progesterone. I'm, I'm such a fan of progesterone because progesterone and estrogen really work in balance with each other. So if your progesterone goes down, your estrogen is going to go up. And estrogen, as we know, is where is a where breast cancer and, and all these um, horrible postmenopausal diseases that a lot of women get. So what I tell them to do is just cycle it. So we've done a lot of different cycling. We've done one week of keto, one week of carb loading, next week of keto, next week of carb loading. Or I have some women like what you said Mercola said to do. I have some women do four days a week of keto. And then they do three days a week of, of I call it hormone building uh, eating. So you just, you, it really starts with an awareness. If you could just be aware 
that you have to have these days where you're intentionally eating to raise your hormones. Um, it, there's no right or wrong for the postmenopausal woman, whereas for the perimenopausal woman and then women who have really active cycles, yeah, you got to follow your cycle with this type of eating. But with the postmenopausal woman, you just need to make sure you're varying your keto days with these high carb days. And what are some of the issues women can run into some women with having a really high fat diet, like a keto diet? Well, I think the most common one that people say is cholesterol, um, but we're back at the liver. I can tell you that usually if people are following a keto diet, then they, they end up, um, if, if we can get to the liver, we can lower that cholesterol. Um, but weight loss resistance, we're back at weight loss resistance where, um, and hormone, hormones really being low. Um, with people who've been on keto forever with women, eventually their metabolism starts to slow down, their body doesn't burn glucose as efficiently. And I think the best analogy to this that I've heard is it's like if you had a winter cabin and you knew it was going to be cold and you looked out the window and you saw all this firewood, you would feel very abundant and you would grab the firewood and you'd start burning it, burning it, burning it. You wouldn't think of conservation. But as the winter went on, if the, if the wood pile is getting lower and lower and lower, you might think a little bit more about how much wood you're going to put in, in your fire to keep you warm. Well, the body's the same way. So when you go on keto, you're, you're, you're burning all this stored glucose, you're feeling amazing, you're dropping weight. But as the stored glucose goes down, now the body's going to slow the metabolism down. It's going to slow its production of, of fat burning because it knows that the reserves are more minimal. Great and fantastic. So is there any other tips or anything else that you want to leave the listeners with regarding uh, generational detoxification or toxins? Well, I think the awareness is the first thing. I just really want people to understand that we're, whether it's your hormone problems or your child's anxiety or your thyroid issue, um, that there is this uh, toxic load that's getting passed down. I think that's probably the most important um, thing that people understand. Um, and to stop you know, trying to solve these problems with synthetic chemicals and to start going into the body and looking at how we can use detox to solve all these. And then I, I think the other one that I love that we talked about is how do we get to those women before they, before they have babies? How do we get to those? Because that that's, that's the game changer for healthcare, in my opinion, is when we can start to educate the pre-pregnant mom on how her health could li literally set up the health of generations to come, that that's where we start making a difference in this. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I need to do a podcast or just some more content about pre-pregnancy planning uh, for detox, um, just to get that, that message out there, women that are searching for pre-pregnancy planning. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and, and how they can work with you? Uh, you can go to my website, drmindypels.com. I got a lot of articles on there um, talking about this kind of stuff. You can go to my YouTube channel. I, I do a couple of Facebook Lives every week from my Facebook page giving tips. So I put those on my YouTube channel. You can find me on Facebook. And I think yeah, the, the place that has my, my heart the most is my resetter group on uh, Facebook. I have a group of people that are all supporting each other and living this kind of lifestyle. So you can find me there. 
Yeah, so. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on the show and yeah, uh, blessing me. us with your expertise. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox podcast. You can learn more about me, Wendy Myers, at MyersDetox.com. And please take a couple of seconds to go to iTunes to leave a review for the podcast. It helps us reach more people when they're searching for detox tips. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you next week.